Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. That's so soothing. I am Pastor Nate, and I'm joined here by... To Jeremy Arsenal. <laughs> Less soothing now. Oh. Hey. Um, well, it's week two of the, our series, Predictive Text. Yeah. We've got a bunch of questions, some from last week, some from this week. Yep. You want to jump right into that first, or you want to talk about anything? Oh, I, I mean, give an update <laughs> to this. My son left a football field in an ambulance on Sunday. Oh, really? So that was... Interesting. Why are you saying really? I already told you. Yeah, it's true. I'm like, do I think my way? <laughs> telling no. the podcast. Tell right? everyone who didn't listen what happened. Oh, he just got smoked. He was he was chasing a blocker. Oh, okay. He was chasing a uh, he was chasing a guy for a tackle, and someone just blocked him. Just, That's how you know you're playing the game, right? Just though. launched him, and so he was smashed. It, was his it a head. bad like? A it bad was a hit? very clean but powerful hit. <laughs> I mean, he was feet off the ground. Wow. Backwards. And then, you know, landed and smashed his head, hit back of his head off the ground. And so his pupils were like pins in his oh my eyes. Gosh. And, uh, yeah, he is okay. Other than concussion and whiplash. We also had a middle schooler get, not our middle school, but in the church, get a concussion and whiplash, had to go to the hospital wow. on Saturday. Such a dangerous. So a, quite a, two football kids. So I never, I never did sports or anything growing up. I have never been in that sort of accident in my life. So it sounds like, poor child, that's so much. And I'm sure that's really normal, but that stresses me out. I remember my friend in high school playing rugby and talked about the amount of concussions he'd get because that one's pretty brutal. He was throwing up all day yesterday. So anytime oh he ate, he'd throw up from a concussion, which is a wild, yeah, wild symptom. Like, why is that connected? You banged your head so you can't keep food in your stomach. Right. I have no idea, but, but that's what's going on with him. So anyway, you can pray for Asher. Pray for, I don't want to give someone's medical stuff. Pray for <laughs> right. the middle schooler. Pray for that middle schooler <laughs> that... And, uh, yeah, so is he, his season's all done now. Is he pretty proud of that now after the fact they feel better? Like he played so hard that he got a concussion or is he just miserable? Uh, I feel like that'll be a bragging thing. Like he'll be proud of himself. I don't know that a concussion is a bragging thing. Cause it because means you, you got taken out. I mean, it's not, he got smoked. Yeah, that's true. It's not true. like he got a concussion smoking someone else. Right. Yeah, it's he, true. He got laid out. So <laughs> It's um, not as much to brag, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But he did get a touchdown too on Sunday before he got out, but yeah, he's done now because he need, it's a 10-day Yeah. before you you're cleared to play again and he said he won't make the last game. That's a bummer. If he had been zoning out or um not doing what he's supposed to, it would be a great sermon illustration for the next week for you. Could it fit? I don't know. I'm just thinking through if it were this week, that would have been great if he had been like just doing his own thing and be like, and this is what happened. 
Stay active. Stay active. Stay, stay alert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stay armored. Keep everything on. But yeah. But yeah. So we did get a couple questions through and we ran out of time last time. So we should hop in and then we can take as long as we want right. on every question. Uh, so first one, this is from last week. We weren't able to get to. If I have a specific call on my life or a specific thing God wants me to do with my life, how would that work if the world is ending soon? So I think um, right, ending soon to God and to us, right, can be so we're at the end. It's going to end. It's going to end soon. Well, that could be twenty years, right? And that's still soon, right? But, um, so we can't like the, the middle school teacher I talked about on Sunday, we can't just disengage from the whole world right? and sell our stuff and move into a cabin. We got to be obedient about doing right. what we want. I was thinking about in the Paul series, was that last year? No, that Murder was Murder and a Missionary? That was this year. That was this year. Really? Sorry. I said really because our, our engineer nodded no. In the murder to missionary series, yeah, we talked about preparation. Oh, okay. And I think that is a you prepare. You got to prepare to do what God's telling you to do. Yeah. As part of obedience, is going through that preparation process. And He doesn't. God doesn't disengage us from that because He knows He's coming back. So it's not going to be like over the next three years, God's going to get senioritis. And just like start giving well, out callings that I'm, don't make sense. It's, it, you know, yeah, it's not like the last two weeks before school where all the teachers are doing movie night. <laughs> and so God's just like tuned out because, you know, yeah. it's not going to make a difference anyway. No, right. God is very deliberate about still bringing us through that process. Right. And us being obedient. And to he's not going to, it's not going to interrupt himself. Right. If your calling is very specific. He's not going to interrupt himself. He wouldn't give you that calling. Yeah. Just to interrupt it. I feel like though, like, do you, so you talked about your, your teacher just going into a community. I've, I've never heard of people quite doing that, that are Christian. I know people that are fearful of like the apocalypse do it, but do you find, like, do you know if there's a lot of people that do base, like their view of the end times make them more lethargic than active? Like, how do they view that to think through end times are coming. So I better chill out and just wait. So if they believe the end times are coming, then. So. I think there may be a teaching from Jesus that they get that from mm. when Jesus talks about, you, when you see the abomination of desolation, oh, and it's like, like run, run, yeah. run to the woods. So that's, I think it's connected fair. to that, but we haven't seen that. Right. So there's so no need to run yet. Yeah. Cause I know like I had talked to some, some Christians that it's like, they want to correct Christians because they feel like, people's view of the end times makes them like lethargic to talk to people. And, and I've just, I've never seen it, but now you shared that story of like your teacher, which is a really weird, you know, you think about 
when things are going crazy and in my opinion, you know, we even talked about this during the pandemic, like Christians should be at the forefront of the craziness that's going on. Right. You know, that all of those quotes that you did in this sermon this week, I loved of, you know, people saying, bring out your dead. Meanwhile, this person sleeps with the cure. Right. You know, I think it's just so interesting that people could have these theologies that just run and disappear or are like, well, I could do my calling, but Jesus is coming. I guess I'll back off when it's like, no, maybe your calling is for that season. You know, I think a, a, a weak view of the end times creates more lethargy or apathy. Cause if you think, well, people are always saying Jesus is coming back. Yeah. Well, that's not a person with a lot of evang- evangelical zeal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. Right. So if you're like, nah, the Bible, Jesus, always making, he's just, all, you know, then you're not engaged. I don't think you're engaged. I think mm. that's probably a lot more common. Yeah. Than, than the sixth grade teacher. But, but it is, both are common. Right. Or both happen. Right. I, I guess I would say not both are common, but a, an inactivity, an inactive Christian is very common. Right. For whatever reason. And so, but if we have a view, wait, he's coming back soon. And if that's 20 years, again, that's only 20 years. Right. That can be soon. bring 4 billion people to know the Lord. Yep. So we've got a lot. We want to get as many of those as we can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if any sort of view of the end times brings you to slow down, that's probably a scary place to be for yourself. Like, oh, we'll just wait. He's coming back. I feel like more often than not, you know, similar to if we have a bad explanation of the end times or a bad way that we present it, we're like boy who cried end of the world. You know what I mean? Like there's a stereotype of Christians that we're supposed to hold this view of like the end is coming soon. But if we keep saying that, then it is like, okay, we, anytime now we get it. You right. know what I mean? Like it almost weakens the message. Well, I, yeah. People feel like you're just trying to manipulate them or scare them. Right. But I feel a similar way of like, you know, which actually I, you know, I just took a course um, going through the credentialing process on, um, on revival. And up until that course, I felt like AG was, was boy who cried revival. Like, I'm just like, man, we really keep talking about this over and, you know, and, and it just, cause it was never explained well enough to me. I just thought, man, what a funny thing for us to keep saying. And it felt very like we want the nine, you know, the 1970s back. Um, and it wasn't until hearing like what revival was presented well that I felt like, oh, okay. I, I get it better now. Right. You, you're talking about a mass um, mass population deciding to follow Jesus, yeah. it changing communities and families. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of what community it was. Oh man. But poppy crime goes down in the community. Yeah. Bars get shut down in the community just because the transformation in people's lives was so dramatic yeah. and so widespread. I wish I could remember off the top of my head where that was. Yeah, that's crazy though. But either way, like I just feel like if we present it badly, it can come across as 
just repetitive jargon that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? And so I could see where people could have this. You're like, okay, well they said it's coming now, but they've been saying that since the, you know, since Jesus just died. I remember my, my, when I was like 14 or 15 saying, riding in my brother's car, me and my friend being like, yeah, Jesus is coming back soon. And my brother was like 17 saying, they've always been saying that. Yeah. And we're like shocked. Like, I felt like, is my brother even a Christian? How could he <laughs> yeah. believe that? But it's hard. Like, I think you can get jaded to that too. It's like a promise you keep getting told that never happens for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just think that's interesting. But yeah, I don't think that view should slow you down. Like that's kind of, I feel like what they might be asking is like, do I pursue my call or? A hundred percent. Yes, you should. Always, you got to prepare, right? Yeah. We just never stop preparation. We never stop pursuing. We're just always taking, you know, that next step. I think, you, you know, we're going to dive into some, you, you know, some possibilities. I think we talked about it last year, 400 years from now, what are we going to be doing? There'll be an economy and a world and an mm. earth. And I wonder how much of our training right now translates into that. Mm. I have no idea, <laughs> but I wonder like, yeah. Hey, uh, you've got to go through high school. What? Well, you dropped out freshman year. Remember? And I need <laughs> you to finish your education. You finish that. <laughs> cool. Um, Another question we got, um, this is an, I actually think is pretty good. So, uh, if the end is to come, should I be politically involved? Does that make a difference? I think you should be. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's part of, I think it's part of staying active and alert. Like you should still be in the know a little bit of at least your local area. If you think about our country, which is the United States, for those of you who are not geographically (laughs) uh, or don't have a lot of geographic intuition, the United States over the last 246 years has been, you know, what has come out of missionaries, church planning, Mm. missions giving world um, uh, compassion ministry, what has come out of the United States over the last 246 years because it was established with freedom, because it was established with what life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, because it was established as one nation under God. Mm. Like that all happened. Yeah. And we are trying to reach the 7,000 ethnicities around the world. Right. What is going to happen if we are taken out of it? Mm. If our voice is silenced, if our churches are thwarted instead of being a sending agency around the world, we're, I don't know. I, so it's just a big part in that. And we don't want to lose that. Right. Yeah. And, and even like the idea of like, cause you, you know, I think some people think politically involved, involved might just mean, Oh, make the things Christians want to see legal, 
but we can't also forget that there could be a time where if our voice just leaves that area, there's voting happen happening that does affect us. Right. Right. You've talked about before, like, what do we do if they just decide to search your Amazon purchases for Bibles and that's outlawed, you know, and they right. can work through all these different things. Like it's not just about, we're not trying to force people into our beliefs, but we want to make sure our beliefs aren't silenced. Right. right. So, so we need to keep church legal as, as a function. Like we need to keep that. It's not necessarily about like, Oh, you know, marriage laws, which I know everyone wants to, wants to still argue through a, a biblical marriage or, or even through abortion or anything like that. But even just a piece of, we can't let our rights be removed from it as well. Right. Like we I don't want to be going there. to prison for preaching. Right. You know, I would, I, I don't want our churches to be burned down uh, and then there to be no criminal action against it. So we need to be more p- politically involved, especially as it gets the days get darker though mm. we can at least live in some have some peace in our community right until the church is raptured and then they can do whatever they want <laughs> but yeah we we've, we've got to be engaged because until we're gone we're here right so like and the stronger our voice can be the more people that will come to know Jesus right and and, and for some things like it saves lives. Mm. It saves people from bondages, from from deep devastation, from deep hurt. You know, um, so those are all part of the equation too. So should you be involved? Yes. Does it make a difference? It makes a difference for us and for yeah. our kids. It makes a difference until Jesus returns. If we dis- disengage, then we've got to live with the consequences of that. Yeah. And it won't be good. Like you just look at the last few years and see what they've done to churches in the United States and Canada, you know, finding churches a hundred thousand dollars a day, what they try to do to Christians to make them pay for abortion pills. Oh yeah. yeah. And like, it's just not, I don't think we realize firing science teachers for, talking about creation. Yeah. Like, I just don't think we realize the immense pressure, which then at least because of how things are set up, there's been able to be lawsuits yeah. and rights instituted back. Right. The football coach, you got fired for praying with his football team. Well, he wow. won that case. He was fired, but he won that case. And so, you know, I think it's, our ability to evangelize is greatly protected right now. Yeah. You always, um, you always kind of inspire to of like, and I talked about it last week too. I actually had uh, someone from church give me like, here are some safe news articles. If you want to stay in the know without people trying to induce fear in you, um, which was really helpful uh, for me to get, but you always, inspire me to want to get more active in my community. Just, just whenever you preach, it's like, dang, how does he know? <laughs> how does he know so much that's going on? It makes me want to get more active. Cause like, I feel like you get to see kind of the gospel play out a little bit more cause you're seeing all these different areas in it and it keeps the urgency. And I think if we, like you said, like to be active, be alert, like 
if we shut off to the things around us, um, that's when we get that attitude of like, ah, it's been saying for a while, like, cause I'm not seeing it. And then right. you'll share a message. Be like, here's all these reports that actually happened. You could find it online, the, the write-ups. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is real. Like there's so much persecution. It's so crazy. Like, I just think it's, if you think about like some of the things that they're starting to teach preschoolers and kindergarten mm. in school, it is demonic. It is yeah, messed up. Scary. And if we can get some of that stuff out of the curriculum, what does it allow? To, it, it keeps just Satan's hooks off of some kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Please don't disengage. Yeah. <laughs> I had uh, no one texted this question, but someone asked me personally. They missed the connection of your title. Oh, they missed it. Yeah, Gog, Magog, and Gagney. Yeah. So Gog and Magog are, are are it's language used in end times, Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine. Gog is a person, Magog's a nation. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of prophecy about Gog and Magog, and um, so who's the end times player going to be? Who's that person that's mm -hmm. going to? bring essentially going to bring a peace unity between uh, Jews and Palestinians and Arabs and Hamas and going to bring peace in all those areas. And then Magog's a nation. And it talks about Magog, a nation from the North invading Jerusalem. Mm. And, um, you know, if Magog is Russia, Russia has sea, has, ships in the Mediterranean sea. Just, right. And that's where Israel is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you just, I don't remember what your question was. They just didn't know. Oh, they, they just didn't, didn't have the connection. Yeah, yeah. 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 So Gog and Magog and Gagne, it was, where do I fit? And gotcha. that's my last name. So put your last name in that Gog, <laughs> Magog and Arsenal. What it, do I do? It just worked so well. Cause yeah. they all sounded nice yeah. together. It was a good, um, alliteration. A couple of people laughed. I'm like, why are you laughing? But maybe they got it. I don't know. I thought when you were like, Gagne means to win or something. I'm like, wow, he's really playing himself up quite a bit. Like that was, I'm going to tell us what we're going to do. Gagne. Yeah. <laughs> like that's going to be the end of the sermon. So just remember times of stress. I probably confused people Gagne. with that definition. They're like, and, and I realized some people don't know my last name. I'm just Pastor Nate. Right. They don't know my last name. So. <laughs> All the more like, why did he just throw in a French, a French phrase on that? <laughs> so weird. But yeah. Um, so are you, so this is, we'll just talk about like the planning portion of this because I'll just say it. I like, I misunderstood the assignment of this series. Um, when I, when I, I thought it was going to be like full revelation, we're going through like deep into, into end times. And then I ended up doing like a sermon bumper that probably looked a little scarier than it should have. So like second service, we were like, let's just skip the bumper because it's a little <laughs> scary, um, which I totally get like now that you're preaching it. Um, but do you, do you foresee in the upcoming weeks, like, will you be getting through to revelation and really working through that? Or do you feel like really the scriptures that you're in are, are helping us understand that as well? Uh, it was, it was, for me, it was always supposed to be a, 
a lighthearted, not lighthearted, but yeah. not a heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't know. It's a little bit not my style. Right, yeah. But also, I think there's too many people who want that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, hellfire and brimstone, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Scare me back into salvation. But, but that's not what the... um. <laughs> That's not what the whole point of the story is. Yeah. The point is the millennial reign. The point is the new heavens and new earth. So right. the millennial reign is also called the marriage supper of the lamb, mm. which is a thousand year feast, a thousand year party that Jesus sets up Yeah. after defeating Gog and Magog and after the judgments. And so it's it. It's just Jesus and his people. Yeah. And the angels, and it's a thousand year feast. Like that's what it is. Right. It think, think the food fight in Hook. Think, <laughs> think the festival. What, what an obscure reference. Think, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Think the festival uh, in the opening scenes of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Think. I don't know what else I can think of, but th- those are like two of the happiest people <laughs> right. are eating and celebrating right. and. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. And Jesus is going to set off fireworks and make the kids laugh. And it'll be great. Yeah. That, um, that helped me initially. Like I had learned like the actual, someone had taught through like, um, the definition of like apocalypse, which was never what I thought it meant. It's like, literally if I were to get you a gift put it on the table and put a piece of, you know, a a towel over it. And then just kind of like, ta-da, like rip the towel off to show you my present to you. I would have, I would have done an apocalypse. Like that's like the meaning is like to almost to reveal. That's why it's revelation, like all this stuff. But like we literally tie it into world exploding, but it's literally like, no, there's a veil over like what's going to happen. And this was, God, ta-da, <laughs> like it kind of, kind of like pulling that blanket off. And once, once I had heard that and like they went through that, I'm like, oh, this, this is a lot simpler. Like we this. sensationalize it for sure. Yeah. But when I worked in Texas, the pastor had a, started a radio show while I worked there. And so they built a studio and stuff awesome. and they had. Much like this podcast. Yeah. They had a host and <laughs> they had a lot nicer microphones than we do, <laughs> but uh, and and way more expensive furniture. Like they probably dropped twenty grand into this little studio for the radio station. Yeah, and next year, man, he opens it up with Revelation, right? Because you're trying to get listeners and get clicked, so you just go to Revelation. <laughs> and I remember the opening. The guy was like, "Revelation revealed," and then it would echo, "Revelation revealed," <laughs> and it was like, you know, oh, you just on, make man. it scary and make it hyped, and then yeah. people tune in and listen. Yeah. Did he notice the listeners just disappear when he switched out of? I don't know. I didn't pay attention to his metrics. I total side note. I don't understand how radio metrics works. If they just tune into radio frequencies, how do you count that? Someone smarter than me figured that out. Nielsen families for radios. Do you know what a Nielsen family is? I don't. So a Nielsen family is a box that they hook to a TV that monitors what, TV stations you want and they pay you a monthly fee for having that box and they tell you don't tell anybody you have this 
Um, and how do I know all this stuff? Because when I lived <laughs> in Texas, I became a Nielsen family. They called me up. They put one of those boxes on my TV. Weird. And you know what I did wrong? I told people that I had it. I told like some of the other youth leaders. And wouldn't you know it? One of the female youth leaders, she's married. She calls me up. Hey, could you please watch this show? Because I don't, I'm afraid it's going to go off the air. Mm. And so <laughs> they needed my house represented like a thousand households. So whatever you were watching, they would kind of... It would count. So sometimes, as a young 20-year-old, I'd turn on the TV during the day on anything that wasn't Oprah just to help their show get better ratings than Oprah. <laughs> You're my good deed I'm of the day. very strategic, yeah. <laughs> so if Oprah's off the air right now, I had a part in that. I don't think she is. I think she's still rocking oh, it. She's not on that TV show that she was on in 2000s. Good job. It is now. Sorry. Now she's got her own network. You're right. Good job. Anyway, <laughs> that's not a question that was texted in. That was a question from me. I've always wondered when ratings are down the radio, how the heck do you know? That is I, so I don't know if it works the same way, but <laughs> yeah. There you go. Brought us off topic. Can we do another? I, we got another text that was an off topic text. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yes. Says, what are the favorite cookies of our location and staff <laughs> pastors? Oh, I did see that. I just thought, didn't know if we'd answer it. Um, uh, we never asked anybody because I'm just seeing this now. Yeah. I like white chip macadamia nut cookies. Always as unique as you are, your, your distinct favorite things. That's a compliment. Oh, it didn't feel like a compliment. <laughs> Always as unique as you are and you picked that. Terrible cookie? No. You know who has great- No, just like no one would go for that. The the um, the Portsmouth Hospital has a really great white chip mac. <laughs> At least they did when I was in high school and I worked there. That's so funny. It's so good. They're so good. I like, uh, I'm a simple, I like chocolate chip cookies if they're undercooked. That's mine. A little bit of egg yolk still running through them. Yeah, some of that. Steven doesn't like sweets. Just a pro tip. He's not a sweets guy, but you can still get him cookies. He'll still appreciate it. Yeah, I will I say know. that. Um, and the rest of the staff, I don't know. You'll have to ask him. We we should have asked, but. I know. We yeah. Just saw this. I missed that question, but um, you did. I, I meant to say like you did end this week's. That was really um impactful for me. Just that you had shared that and worked through like. Hey, support, support your pastors, support all this. I still think we should, as a church, care for you and work through care for you. But, um, but I just appreciated you, you sharing that and, uh, almost like sticking up for us and being like, take care of them too. Like, um, cause yeah, I mean, you, you surround a whole team around you. It's not, I mean, even you teaching today at all staff, like talking through, like having a team around you, like you really do help all of us make these things happen. And so I appreciated that. A lot. It was interesting. To, I don't know. It was just neat to me that it was right there in the text we were talking about. Yeah. So, you know, when you, when you know, these are the verses I'm going to do, and then you read the whole chapter and the chapter before, because you're trying to get the context and make sure you have an understanding of what he's talking about. And like, Oh, there it is right there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I won't exclude it. 
I'll include it because that's right in less than the right. next thing he says. Right. So we'll we'll put it in. Which is great because announcing pastor appreciation is really hard for me. Like I don't I the event itself is weird and I even like that you were like, I wonder what pastor came up with this event. <laughs> It's just like, and guys, don't forget, it's pastor appreciation. Like, it's such a weird. Yeah, I wouldn't really want to announce it myself. I, I think the church forgot about me a year, <laughs> and you just and uh, so then I determined it wasn't gonna wasn't gonna happen again. Mm. Um, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. But I do know like the one year, like I was limping my way through the year. Like I just felt so hurt. <laughs> and then um, I think they planned it in November that year, but never told me. So it's just October came and went and I'm like crying, like I'm pouring out my whole life. I'm just getting attacked nonstop yeah. and no one appreciates me. But uh, I got over that pretty quick. The, the church is just amazing. I mean, people encourage me often. Yeah. People love us well. So I'm always, I, I, this is, I am always jealous of people who can default to encouragement. Like you talked about that in the end of your message, like that's our way of communicating to each other. I'm always so jealous of that because I'm really bad at encouragement, which is weird because I, I do appreciate it a lot when I get it. But, um, I don't know if that, insecurity maybe my encouragement won't be taken well so i just don't do it or whatever but um we've talked about that like there are certain people we have like on the team that are mega encouragers and always like making sure i i remember to thank them be like Can you just teach me how to be as encouraging as you are and i think we are really gifted in our church with a lot of people who are are really great at that yeah yeah, encouragement is not my default either. Yeah. It's like I'll encourage you to get better. <laughs> <laughs> so that's something that I have to Yep. That I have to work on and I mean I I'm not good at it, but I have to I can't give up on that. I can say, Well, I'm just not an encourager. Right. No, because scripture tells me I need to be. Right. So I have to keep developing it and <laughs> Um, I remember telling people at the church, like, uh, I, I believe you. I'm just so bad at this. When I hear it, I think my facial expression is like, okay. Like I just, I'm never used to it, which is such a weird, like weird thing. But we just, we have a great culture in our church of that. I, I love it a lot. I learned to just say, thank you. Yeah. Someone's like, Hey, that was a really good message. Uh, you used to. Yeah. Oh, what are you talking about? Let me me send you a link to a good message. And (laughs) that one was not a good message. Yeah. And I, I probably still do that a little bit depending on who comes up to me. But I try to start to say, Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. And to receive encouragement is just as important as giving it. Yeah, sure. Did we hit all of our questions? Yeah, we, we hit them up. I, I want to, uh, this week we did, um, we put that slide up a little bit later. So I want to definitely encourage people, but then if you're listening now, you don't have to wait until Sunday. So the, the one about cookies, we didn't plan that because we didn't, uh, we didn't see that cause it came in later. But, um, 
if you're at home and you're like, oh, dang, I want to text this, just text that word thoughts to us so we can uh, so we can answer through that. And uh, yeah, just I, I love the questions. I think they're really awesome. Help us work through it. Yeah. So what um, how many more weeks of this series are we going through? It's one more week and then we're in a Kingdom Builders series. Yeah. Yeah. What are you covering this last week? Do you have that? fleshed out or you're just going through the predictive, the prophetic texts. And- what am I doing for this week? Yeah. So it's tough because I've got so much I wanted to get wrapped in. So last week I thought I was going to do the 10 virgins, mm-hmm. which I ended up taking the Thessalonian. It was a similar, it was a similar message, but a different text. Yeah. So they both have the same idea. We've got to be, we got to be diligent. So the 10 virgins, five of them weren't ready they were asleep. They didn't have oil. They weren't prepared. Um, and so they missed it. And so I didn't end up, I thought I might use it for a closing, but didn't mm-hmm. end up using it at all. This week, I just, um, what I'm hoping is we walk out of the church, like just so lit up, ready to, yeah. you know, that old fashioned saying, like storm hell with a, with a squirt gun. You know, like we just—I've never heard that. You never heard that? No. Storm hell with a squirt gun. No. Have you ever heard that, producer? No, never had. Oh, well. What does that mean? I mean, that sounds like I'm ill-equipped and I'm running. Well, it just means like I'm so ready to go. Like even if I've got a squirt gun, I'm going to hell. I'm going to go rescue some people. Got you. (laughs) I think it just sounds like you brought a knife to a gun show. Like you're fighting spiritual yeah. warfare and you brought a squirt gun. That's the wrong, <laughs> that's the wrong tool. Yeah. Maybe I've misunderstood this <laughs> thing all these years. I've always, I've heard, I hear Southern preachers say it. Got you. I've heard it at conferences and stuff more I than guess once. You're it's putting like drinking out. from a fire hose. Like that saying that I hate. <laughs> oh yeah. I've been drinking. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, yeah, so this week, honestly, I'm not too sure. Cause I've probably, I've got like a bunch of things I want to do. Yeah. I, they're just not all going to fit. Mm. So I'm not sure. I just wanted to be hopeful. Like, right. God's doing amazing things. He's doing amazing things. Here's all the things that need to happen potentially for him to come back to just see like, looks like all these things are in place. Yeah. So Get holy. Yeah. Get ready before the Lord. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, stop playing around. Let's just love him. Yeah. That'd be great. One thing that we should try and do since we have this as a, as a option, um, if you find like, oh man, there was this whole other thing, we could always release that here, like in this podcast, like, all right, well, just teach these two people right here, everything that got left on the, on the cutting floor, like everything you wanted to teach that you didn't have time for. This could be like a bonus round that we could work through since it is like so much crammed into three weeks. That could happen next week because someone came up to me and said, Hey, I think we're going to ask you this question. Or we were driving home and thought, um, you know, what of the churches that Jesus wrote to in revelation, 
what does that mean? How does that apply to us? Mm. So if they do text in that question, like I told them to, we'll talk through that next week. So we'll yeah. go through those seven. That'd be really cool. Those seven uh, churches real quick. I mean, a lot of churches do a whole series on the seven churches, Yeah, but we can hit it up pretty quick. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Be really fun. All right. Well, uh, book recommendations, I think all in by Mark Batterson. Oh, okay. Could be a good one. Um, that is talking about, you, you know, not just playing church, but giving him your whole life. Mm. Um, and that, that, that might be it. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. No, I um, think that ties in very well. Henry Nowen has got a couple books, but I can't remember the title of the specific one I want. Um, that are kind of the same, like just the seriousness about serving Jesus. Yeah. And serious doesn't mean it's not fun and you don't enjoy it. Mm. But, and that you never take a Sabbath or vacation or anything like that. Right. Because um, that's not obedience to always work and never rest. Uh, emotionally healthy leader. Yep. Probably connect if you're an overworker. Yeah, yeah. Or you're going to take the joy of serving Jesus and turn it into rigorous. Right. Yeah. Self depreciating, uh, effort, man-made effort. And that will be good. Yeah. So yeah, those are my, a lot of those too, just as a, it's not a book as a resource we do have right now media as a church. And so you could talk to your pastor and if you're not from our church, a lot of churches have it a lot of the books that you've been recommending, I've been finding the teachings of it. It's the author teaching through different, um, different aspects of the book. So if you're like, I'm not a reader, but Nate keeps Pastor Nate keeps suggesting these things. Like you can go into right now media and find a bunch of those. Yep. So that's just, I think there's an emotionally healthy one. There's um, ruthless elimination of hurry, which you've referenced. Mark Batterson has a bunch of, of his books in there as well. Jenny Allen's in there. Yeah. So that's just like an endless resource. I always forget about it for a while. And then I tune back in. And I'm like, why did I forget about this? There's so many good teachings in this. So yeah. talk to your pastor about right now media. And uh, that could be an endless resource for you. Right on. All right. Catch you guys later. 